Welcome to Galaxy Moonbeam Nightsight. We are the retro talk program for nostalgia and baby boomer stuff here on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. I'm Smitty. I'm Mike. And we welcome you to another half hour of fun and games. Hopefully you'll find the next half hour enjoyable to listen to, perhaps as much uh, as we find it enjoyable to create this half hour for you. Well, we continue to be in spring, late spring of 2014 and you know, this is the time when uh, people begin having garage sales and, uh, you know, start selling, cleaning out stuff and looking for stuff and and uh, making it available to other people, passing on the good stuff to uh, people that want to get more stuff. It's a lot of stuff. <laughs> Mike uh, has been out uh, wandering around. Uh, he's been MIA. He's been missing in action. And I noticed today that the the rear of his car is just loaded down. He has just got so much stuff in the trunk of his car that I was just amazed. And, Mike, what have you been finding at these garage sales? You know, Mike haunts these garage sales. He's always looking for the cool stuff that everybody's getting rid of, the latest and collectible stuff. And my buddy Mike here, he, he finds some good stuff. And, Mike, what have you been finding lately that's got the back of your car just weighed down? Well, Smitty, this time of year... No one knows what you're going to find in some of these garage sales because everything comes out. The stuff that was stored away in the winter and spring cleaning occurs. And not only does this stuff come out from the garages, but it comes out from attics and and guest closets and hallway closets. And I think a lot of people are now making the evolution, making the transition from analog to digital, so to speak, because... We went to a breakfast in our pre-production this, this morning, and in the restaurant there were four or five kids with their parents at other tables, and they all had these little game gadgets in their hands with their thumbs, these electronic beep-beep, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, beep-beep, uh, by themselves, doing these games by themselves. But what I've noticed, and one of the reasons the car was weighted down, is I hit... <laughs> if you're a board game enthusiast out there, you will appreciate the fact that... Um, I hit the golden treasure of board games this weekend. Now, what this family, this was a very close family as far as board games. I can just imagine what happened Saturday night. Okay, uh, dinner dishes are done. It's tonight we're going to play the game of Little Abner. Or, (laughs) no, wait, this is the third Saturday of the month. We're going to play Giant Cootie. Anyway, (laughs) I found a garage full of board games from the 50s, 60s, and even early 70s. And they were 25 cents a piece. The thing with board games, there are people just avid board game collectors, but they're like us, Smitty. They're very fickle. They're They're very careful and very particular on the type of games they buy. These games, fortunately, they were still the boxes with some parts in them. Unfortunately, they had been used by this this family or families over the past 50 years, so they had wear, tore, torn edges. They needed some rehab. As collector values, not 
I would not think very, very valuable, but on a nostalgia basis, it was almost like going into a time warp, a time machine backwards when I looked at some of these titles, mm-hmm. Smitty. Do you remember board games? I sure Your do. cousins yeah. would come oh, over? Oh, yeah, come over and play games, or friends would come over. And what was really fun was when uh, a friend would come over with a game that, that I didn't have. And you go, wow, you know, this is a new game that we're playing. Did you have a favorite board game that you had? You mentioned once on our earlier show that you had a board game and then a cousin came over and presented you with a board game, which was nice, except it was a board game you already had. Yes, it was. The, the game was called Solitaire. Solitaire. And, it, and I never really played the game, to be honest with you. It had two decks of cards. I had a lot of fun with the decks of cards and with the game pieces. I never really played the game, though, to be honest with you. Uh, they were just a lot of fun because it also, you know, a board game gave you a chance to interact with friends or with family, you know, and it was fun to sit around the, the table and play a game. Well, and the best part on the board games were, was that it brought your actually your brain cells into play. Yes. Because, say, a family of four could, could play a board game and they, there wasn't a whole lot on television. So this took up a lot of the evenings and there was not much else to do. Of course, this was back in the day. When American suburbia, the homes had front porches on them, and people actually knew their neighbors and would sit on folding chairs and talk about things or listen to the baseball game on radio and or they'd play board games and I know that in board in the world of board games, of course, the name that f- comes to light at first would be of course Milton, Milton Bradley, Bradley yes. and Parker Brothers, but there were a whole lot of board game manufacturers there was a shopper there was um Game Makers, Ideal, Hasbro. And it's interesting because if a cartoon series, a cartoon show, a cartoon character hit the television airwaves, soon to follow would be a board game. It was a marketing natural. It was a no-brainer. You put a board game out because Yogi Bear's my guy. We watch his cartoons every Tuesday night. we got to have the Yogi Bear game. Of course. So you had a different profit center there. Yeah. Even the TV dramas. One of the uh, one of the board games in this collection that I picked up, well, two. Uh, one was the, from Vic Morrow, the, the television series Combat. Sure. So Combat had a game. I, there was another one, Hogan's Heroes. It was by Transagram, another board game manufacturer. Transagram, I believe, they made plastic toys. Yeah. Uh, but it was almost the history of 1960s television in these boxes, Smitty. Uh, just for just to give you a little idea what was in there, there was the Flintstones Stone Age game. Now, that's from mid-60s. The Flintstones board game. There was Hogan's Heroes. There was Mousetrap, because mm-hmm. that was done by Ideal. And with Mousetrap, you would build this thing as you went along the board game, and you would put these parts together, and the idea was not to be the one who flipped out the mouse to make him kick the marble that made the thing... Cl- <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of a Rube, a Rube Goldberg yeah, type thing, was Yeah, it was a Rube thing, Goldberg. Mm-hmm. But you could get a board game... Uh, Based on any movie or television series or your favorite comic book, uh, there were Shoots and Ladders, which is probably the one of the most famous board games. Uh, Candyland is another one that came to mind. Mm-hmm. But you talk about car- Tennessee Tuxedo. There was a, a box from Transagram, a game, Tennessee Tuxedo. There was from the game show, Smitty, and you're our guy on game shows, Beat the Clock. Absolutely. Beat the clock to tell the truth. Concentration. PDQ. Yes. Was in here. It's Milton Bradley did a lot of the game show based board games, but there's Beat the Clock. There was Clue, which was one of the early uh, Clue. I remember that came out by the Parker Brothers in 1956, but I remember playing Clue with my with my cousins in, in the 60s. And 
another thing that's interesting about board games, and again, I've collected a lot of things. I've never gotten too crazy on board games, but you start looking at the artwork in the boxes and the boards. Mm -hmm. But the boxes were just brilliantly done, very colorful. Uh, One of the games in this lot that I picked up was Deputy Dog. You remember that cartoon I sure do. I'm sure you do. Deputy Dog, yeah. yeah, Another Milton Bradley game, uh, Johnny Ringo. Mm-hmm. It was an old TV Western series. Sure. Uh, Honey West. She was a female yes, private eye. Private eye, yes. And on and on. Now, do you. Now, I don't know if you go back this far, buddy, but we could always talk about Monopoly, but we're talking about off the wall different games like the Woody Woodpecker game. Really had made no sense other than <laughs> you got to the finish line, but there were, there were some more. Uh, Cerebral games. There was a game by Mattel called Lie Detector. Hmm. Now you may not remember this, but you had a little machine. It looked like a little lottery punch thing that you would punch your lottery numbers out with. But you would get clues, different type characters, and you'd pull a card and you'd find out who did the crime, and you'd punch this stylus in, <laughs> and it would say either true or false. Now, that's probably one of the coolest ones, because I like the kind of games, when I was growing up, that wasn't just a board game with dice. I liked it to do things. And that, in large part, was because of my severe case of ADHD. (laughs) I did not want to wait for the little race cars in the top hat to go around the board. I wanted something to happen now. But you could find that. You could find your favorite heartthrob. The Monkees had their board game. Oh, yes, yes. The Monkees, the Beatles, there were board games. I was going to say, the Beatles, I'm certain, had a board game. And everything in between. Now, we talk about in terms of what are these games worth? Well, unfortunately, most of these were used up. I I didn't think there was a pristine game in this box of uh, 56 or 57 games. They've all been used. The corners have been torn. Yeah. I haven't opened them all up, but I can guarantee you parts will be missing, the boards will be worn out. But there's been a new art form come out of old board games. You can go to a thrift store, Smitty. There's a number of them in Poway, where I live. There's actually a whole shopping center of them, and you can pick up 50 board games. And if it's something you like, what people are doing now, they're taking the board and flat laminating it, putting it on on a, a backboard, a pin board, and putting it on their wall. And taking the box itself and putting a 3D, I forgot what they called those boxes, uh, decoupage box, and they're putting that and then putting the directions under lamination and virtually a worthless a worthless board game now is a piece of wall art that would just wow. look great in your hobby room or your uh, your family room. So people are repurposing these i think it's kind of a shame to tear apart something of baby boomer nostalgia but don't throw those games away because you can pick them up for a quarter or a dollar or whatever and you can uh, make them into something really colorful especially the boards mike what about uh, if somebody really wants to get like let's say for example they want to get a, a very nice uh, board game obviously they could go to a thrift store and they could buy several of them and make one good set out of several if they have parts and pieces missing. Probably. There are different levels of popularity in the mm-hmm. board games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pachisi, they were the little plastic, little little uh, space keepers, I guess you call them, and dice or dice. Yahtzee, uh, the thing with Yahtzee, you had a pad of the Yahtzee scorecards, and you'd want to keep it authentic because the Yahtzee scorecards have changed over the years. And you'd want to go back to the time that you want it to be age correct right. would be the collector's term. And there are board games that in any condition are extremely valuable. 
One I learned about in just checking to see what I had, what I brought home, was a board game by Transagram called Hector Heathcote. Hector Heathcote was a cartoon, cartoon character. Yeah, he was the there was the Minute Man. I think he was called the half the half minute kid or something like that. Uh, that is one of the rarest board games of the '60s. Hector Heathcote, without all the pieces and just the board in the box, you're talking in areas seventy-five to hundred dollars. Wow, is that right? The other one <laughs> it would be Man from Uncle, 1965. Uh, it was created by Ideal. Uh, the James Bond board, uh, board games, a lot of the board games that reflected movies of the 50s and 60s. And there was a board game created, and now the movie's getting a remake. That old board game would double in value because, like a James Bond 007, uh, Goldfinger board game from 1965, 66, or 63, if they did a James Bond uh, remake of Goldfinger, you had the old game board that made it very um, that much more valuable. Wow. But you remember playing Yahtzee? Were you a Yahtzee guy with the cup and you'd roll the dice? I think I may have played that once or twice, but I don't remember much about it. I did not have a copy of Yahtzee. I probably played it at a friend's house yeah. or something. My mom and dad played that. You know, Yahtzee and Monopoly are still popular board games i'm sure that they are they're, they're still the highest selling do people still get together and play board games mike you well, know, there are no. clubs okay there are All clubs right. that now form they the, most american families don't even sit down and eat dinner together right. at the same time anymore so to get everybody in the family to sit around and, and play two hours of of dogfight by milton bradley <laughs> was, was probably unheard of in today's time, in today's internet, everybody's got a smartphone, and it'd probably be annoying because you're there trying to play the board game, and the person on the other side is uh, every 30 seconds texting someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you probably take the board game and, and turn it into a missile. Yes. Or a frisbee. Um, or and, whack uh, somebody over the head with it. Back to Goldfinger, be, <laughs> be like Oddjob with his hat. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I think they're probably popular as collectibles. G.I. Joe, the movie came out a few years ago. There were a number of G.I. Joe board games. There was G.I. Joe Combat Infantry game number one and number two. They're 50 bucks a piece in any wow. condition. They're made by Hasbro. Outer Limits, one of our favorite shows that yeah. we've talked about. Milton Bradley created a couple of Outer Limits episode board games. Star Wars, there's board games. You know, there's board games that go back to 1933, Smitty, and way before... Uh, I guess uh, Monopoly came out in the 30s during the Depression. It was a Depression-based game to right. keep people occupied, I don't know, so they wouldn't overthrow the government or whatnot. <laughs> and you you could be a millionaire. But somebody, Selcho and Richter, came out in 65 with an opposite Monopoly game. It was called Go for Broke. Oh. Remember the TV game show? There was one called Go for I Broke? Think, yeah. It was how fast you could spend your money. How much? <laughs> How quickly you could lose your money. The guy who lost all his money the, the quickest was the winner. It was completely opposite. Uh, Walt Disney was a huge producer of the board games. Donald Duck, there's a uh, 1950s board game, Donald Duck. It's called Donald Duck Flips His Lid. It's worth about 300 bucks. Wow. In any condition. Uh, <laughs> we talked earlier about the games that you had to put together, that you had to assemble. Mm -hmm. One comes to mind, and I remember this growing up, was Cootie. Oh, yes, Cootie. Cootie, you'd made you'd create this big bug with the feelers and the eyes, and I couldn't. He had a tongue. His tongue was kind of I don't know. It was curled up, and uh, 
that was interesting because what happened when you're little kids with little fingers, you lose the little parts. Of course, you lose the little parts. That's part and of the where thing. It says yeah. uh, complete game for four. Well, after a few kids play with it, now it's a complete game for three, <laughs> yeah. and then you lose another set of feelers for cootie. Now it's a partially complete game for two. <laughs> And then if it's like at my house, you lose too much of it. You can't play it because the parts are gone. Mom chucks it, throws it away. Either that or you take the, the leftover parts to take them out to the backyard and set them on fire. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> With that fuel that you, you know, we used the rocket fuel for the Windmac, the cars, the propeller-driven cars. It was denatured <laughs> alcohol. But we always preferred Vitalis. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah, and we, because and you we couldn't see the flame. That. It produced a very, a very interesting looking flame yes it was almost invisible yes uh, and in the words of my brother pat who i believe was eight eight years old at the time he said uh vitalis can do wicked damage like gasoline can't even get close to and so we got him off the vitalis and got him into just crushing the toys with my dad's bench vice exactly yeah, yeah well one way or another the, the the leftover parts from a now useless board game were good fodder for either burning or crushing in, in the bench vice yeah and the boards themselves, <laughs> we would tear them in half at the seam, and on windy days, we'd flip them like frisbees, <laughs> see how far they go. So there wasn't a lot of full shelf life on a board game no, no. Uh, for some of the kids' board games. Yeah. The more sophisticated ones, finance and the game of state capitals, those were the ones mom and dad, you know, and yeah. Uncle Ralph and Aunt Tuzi could play. So those got put in a little, like a little cart right. over by the TV That's right. in the game room. And those should not be messed with. And even if you rent a cabin in Big Bear or Arrowhead, and you'll go up there and you'll see the 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 complete collection of historical American board games, because <laughs> every family would leave a board game there as they rented a week at Big Bear. Yeah. And I've seen some pretty decent board games up there. I always I'm thought, sure. well, wait a minute, I. Maybe they inventoried one of these. And if, <laughs> if I take off with uh, the Jack and the Beanstalk game, maybe I'll lose my deposit. <laughs> That's right. But you can find the board games. I'll tell you what, almost every garage sale will have board games in it. Every thrift store will have board games because people grow up, they move away. Uh, a couple, even older couples. Yeah. Uh, my mom and dad, <clears throat> they'd play board games, but as they got in their 70s and 80s, they went on to other things. They got a vacation house out of the state, and they weren't up to spending much of their later years sitting there using it all up in board games. Playing board games. I mean, it is fun to sit down with friends and, and play board games, but, of course, there's a lot more to life than that. But uh, certainly, uh, we, you know, the the board games were were a lot of fun and continue to be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, you know, Smitty, I'm thinking in terms of board games as an art thing. I look at our studio here, and I'm wondering if they had a board game called... Retro radio station. <laughs> Anybody out there with a radio-related board game, give Smitty a call. Yeah. At, I'll buy it at any price. <laughs> the area code is one eight eight eight. Smitty buys radio stuff at any price. Dot com. <laughs> Dot com. Uh, any purchase will include a free pass to go watch Smitty at the next county auction <laughs> as he decapitates the guy bidding next to him with the guy's own auction paddle. That's right. Retromercial or not? Retromercial. Let's have a retromercial, and then we're going to come back and talk more about board games after this retromercial. So don't go away. We've got lots more to come. You're listening to Galaxy Moonbeam Nightside on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. 
Is this the office of Monitor, the famous weekend radio service? Right, only now Monitor is heard every Friday night, too. Well, that's just wonderful news, because you see, my stock and trade is Serpentine. They call me Serpentine Mary. I beg your pardon, you don't look snaky to me. No, 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 Serpentine has nothing to do with snakes. Serpentine is like confetti. And Monitor is a very gala show with celebrities and famous people and all that. Well, yes, Monitor is all that. In addition, every fourth Friday, Friday night, Monitor will be presented in conjunction with Sports Illustrated magazine. Oh, how grand. I just love sports. You do? Yes, they all dress so sharp, black leather jackets and blue suede shoes, you know. Well, would you tell me uh, why you're here, ma'am? Well, as I started to say, I specialize in throwing serpentine on gala occasions. You want to throw some on Monitor? All weekend and Friday night, too. Well, I suggest that you go home, listen to Monitor, and when you feel a real gala moment coming on, throw serpentine all over your radio. All weekend and Friday night, too. Hi, I'm Ken Kramer, and you're listening to Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. This is the Galaxy Nostalgia Network, and the program is Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight. And I'm Smitty, along with my good buddy, Mike B. And that commercial was an interesting one for NBC Monitor. You, Some of you may remember NBC Monitor that ran from 1955 to 1975. That commercial was voiced by Bob and Ray, who were heard on that program, and it dates from about 1957. Now, sometime in the future, I can't tell you when, neither Mike or I can tell you when, but sometime we will do a program on NBC Monitor because it is just a very interesting part of radio history, so... You can look forward to that sometime. We can't, don't know when, but we promise you we'll do a show on NBC Monitor. Well, on this program, we're talking about board games and the collectability of board games, the board games that remember when we were kids. And, Mike, we were talking about all these board games, the TV-related board games and the, and the, the ones that the kids played and the ones that mom and dad played with maybe you know, our aunt and uncle or maybe our neighbors. Have any of these vintage board games, Mike, have any of them transferred over to the digital age? Well, Smitty, the genres or the, the gist of the board games, many have gone into the digital world of, of online gaming. It, it would be difficult to propose a digital game based on Dragnet. Right. Today's 16-year-old, 19-year-old would have no idea what Dragnet was, even though it was one of the most popular TV series of all time. And there was a very popular board game created in 1955, Dragnet with Jack Webb. Uh, ben Casey, a very popular show on ABC in the 60s, uh, or late 50s, early 60s, Ben Casey, MD. Well, there's a ton of games, online-type games, digital games about doctors and surgery. And I think Grey's Anatomy, there's an online game. So oh. there's types. They're not going to ever uh, combat. Right. Well, think about combat, the 1963 ABC on Tuesday night, sure. Vic Morrow. Uh, there's, I would say, hundreds if not thousands of war-related digital games. So the genre is the same. The names have been changed, and these on, online because of society now, fast pace. Yes. They have to go fast. Yeah. You're talking a board game. You could be two hours on a board game. You could be six hours on a Monopoly game back Easily, in the day. Yeah, six sure. hours. Yeah. And you're talking these games were basically whimsical. Uh, the Yogi Bear Go Fly a Kite board game. It, right. it was, they were all basically the same thing. Get around the board and be the first one to hit finish. Right. Well, that wouldn't turn anybody on in the digital world of 21st century. It's, yeah. you know, get around the board, get to finish. But in the meantime, uh, blow up a building, steal a car, <laughs> uh, gun down somebody on, on the other side of the street who's robbing an old lady. 
and then uh, blast a satellite into the universe. Yeah. <laughs> that might keep your attention. But uh, The Man from Uncle, where he and Ilya Kuryakin are trying to find the secret from the red KGB colonel, it would have to be a lot more cerebral than what was anticipated and what was asked for to do these board games when in the 60s when it was you and your buddy. My preference for board games is you'd get a board game going if there was a girl you liked. Mm-hmm. Hi, Debbie. It's Mike. I got the new Howdy Doody TV fun game. Or <laughs> I got, you know, you like Man from Uncle? Well, I got the Girl from Uncle game. And my cousin lent, lent me my favorite Martian. Why don't you come on over? My mom will make a pitcher of Kool-Aid. Oh, there you I, go. That was, uh, oh, hey, that, that was the 1963 version of, so what's your sign? <laughs> so, again, like you said earlier in the show, socially, yeah, yeah. it was a way to get to get some friends together. Sure. Maybe three or four friends or two friends. Just sit there. It's a rainy day. It's a Saturday. There's nothing going on. You got no money. You've already seen the movie at the theater matinee. Hey, you know, let's get the Route 66 game out or, or Tic Tac Doe, sure, the TV yeah. quiz game, and play it for a absolutely. while. It, it killed the clock. It burnt the clock. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even uh, in, in more recent times, I'm saying maybe the, the past 25 years or so, we've seen games like Trivial Pursuit mm-hmm. come on, which has just given birth to a whole... Trivial Pursuit Platinum Edition and Trivial Pursuit Baby Boomer Edition and just all kinds of things. I remember playing Trivial Pursuit with my friends and, and just having a blast. Well, you, Trivial Pursuit, and now the trivia is the big thing. You know what? Uh, society's catching up with us, yeah. Smitty, because yes. we were the very first that's right, we were. to do these nostalgia yes, shows. Yes, we were. And now they all want to follow, and that's okay. You know, and if they've got a, a 1964 mint version of the board game Sorry, maybe we will entertain... <laughs> them to come on the show perhaps <laughs> or not or play your hunch we'll or, have to we'll have to give it we'll have to give it some uh, some thought but well uh, i think we opened i think if you and i sat down and brought some people who are not baby boomers who are in the young younger generation and we sat them down and started a game of what well, jan murray's charge account that remember the tv show jan <laughs> murray i've heard of it yeah they would sit there and say are you guys just on heavy medication or what <laughs> when, when do we get moving on this yeah when do the special effects kick in but you know there were game there were the games that could get your get your adrenaline going i don't know if you had the football stadium that was the football it wasn't a board game it was a large piece of pressed metal <laughs> that could cut you very badly Ooh, I'm sure. if you got it the wrong way. And these plastic football players, there were yellow ones and red ones. You could even paint them. And you had a little felt, little pea-sized little piece of felt, and that was the football. And you had a kicker. And you had a stadium on the board, and when the ball was snapped, the, you would turn on this clicker on the power cord, and it would make the board, the metal board, vibrate. Right. And you had little feelers on the bottom of each of these football players, and you could set them to go every which way. Now, hopefully the little felt ball wouldn't fall off the guy's base, <laughs> and you could get him somewhere down downfield. Yeah. And if he got in, it, it was a uh, touchdown. The big thing was trying to kick a field goal, because you got a kicker, and you'd put the little felt little pea-sized ball on the guy's foot, and you'd kick it, and, you know, it would end up in North Hollywood or somewhere. <laughs> it would in, end up in the dining room on Mom's Lamp. You would never find it. It was out of the stadium. But you, my buddy and I, Craig Steffen, we would play for hours. Wow. We had teams. and <coughs> We actually, I don't know if we bet money, but 
we were very serious to the point we almost took it outside one time and had a oh, fist boy. fight. It was very aggressive football. Rams playing the Baltimore Colts. Johnny Unitas and Roman Gabriel, everybody shut up. The game is in play. That was pretty good because that wasn't rolling the dice and waiting to see what happens. That was using power and a vibrating metal board. Same thing with the hockey game, Smitty, those right. those all-star hockey sure, games. Yeah, those yeah. things, people actually, they still have leagues, leagues on Leagues, I understand they do, yeah. I think those still are very that. popular. But, you know, in terms of board games... They're just we could have a, we could have a three hour show. Oh, easily, yeah. A mousetrap game, the Batman game, the Bionic Woman shuffleboard game, mm. the Rescuers, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, <laughs> also known as Friday Night on El Cajon Boulevard. That's right. <laughs> but for the board game show, we're going to have to call it quits yeah. because uh, if we were playing Monopoly, Gilbert just lost all his hotels and he has no more money. Uh-oh. Which man. means it's time to wrap this show up <laughs> until he mortgages two of his hotels and one house. That's right. And if you know Gilbert, uh, the only thing he'll mortgage is if there's a county auction. None foreseeing, we're going to wrap up this episode of Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight. We are so glad you joined us today and it brought back a lot of memories. If you do have memories, and you must, there must have been a favorite board game that you spent hours playing with. Uh, tell us about it. Give us an email. Shoot us an email at galaxymoonbeamnightsight at gmail.com. Galaxymoonbeamnightsight at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight. You're never going to believe this one. We have a website called galaxymoonbeamnightsight.com. And until next time, I'm Mike. I'm Smitty. And we've really enjoyed your friendship, your listenership, and we'll be back talking at you soon right here on Galaxy Moonbeam Nightsight on the Galaxy Nostalgia Network. This is the Galaxy Nostalgia Network.